Welcome to the table, Minneapolis. We are so glad that you're here tonight, whether it's your first time or your first time in a long time. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Jay, and I'm the pastor of children, youth, and family here at the table. And tonight I'm starting off a new series. It's uh, it's going to be a short three-week series on the head, the heart, and the hands. Together, we're going to be journeying together to learn about that age-old question to think deeply about how do we make our faith matter in our lives and in the lives of others? How do we not just show up to church on a Sunday or on a, on a Wednesday in this case and know or hear a lot about Jesus? How do we walk in the world with Jesus? We're going to be talking about an embodied faith. And so if you don't know what embodied means, that's all right. I've got the words here. So M is actually an old English version of the word in. And then, of course, we have body from just uh, the word body. And so being embodied means to do something in and with your body. Today, we're going to restart uh, this series on embodied faith by talking about the mind. The mind is part of the body we sometimes forget about because it's not, it's not literally part of the anatomy of our body, but it lives within part of our body. Um, of course, that part is within our brain, within our head. So it is part of our body. And sometimes we, we forget that. We forget that our mind is really part of our whole self, and our whole self is part of really helping our mind as well. So here's a picture that shows us how learning happens. There are four different sections on this brain. So the first section is the idea that you, uh, part of learning is that you get info. You get the information so you can start making some informed uh, decisions so that you can start working things out in your mind. You get the information. Number two, the second section is that you start to figure out what it means. You start making meaning out of the information that you've just gotten. And number three is you start forming some ideas. The image says that you start forming abstractions, but that's kind of like making things into ideas, trying to just start throwing stuff at the board, see what sticks. It's the idea, you know, if you're making a painting, it looks a little bit like a Jackson Pollock. You're just throwing paint down. Uh, you start forming those ideas. And that fourth part, the fourth part to what the learning process is inside of our mind is that you actively test it. You embody it. You live it out loud so that it can become real in your learned uh, information stored in your brain. Studies show that actually part of what helps kids learn so much faster and so much deeper, hyper-specific information that adults can't retain. So whether it's that, you know, when a kid sits down and they could tell you everything about trains, everything about dinosaurs, everything about space, everything about their favorite Disney movie. Studies show that part of what helps kids do that, that adults do not do, is that kids actively explore the world around them. Kids are using their senses. They are using play-based learning. They are exploring whether it is exploring outside, exploring with their hands, exploring with their listening to songs all the time, like the same song over and over and over, uh, right? That starts to feel annoying, but they explore their world with their senses so that what they are learning is not just in their head, it is not just living in their head, but it is in their whole body. 
And actually, this is one of the most effective ways for adults to learn too. We just forget often that this is a good way to learn things. We focus more just learning with only our mind, only from a book. Uh, but we do learn with our bodies too. And, and here's a picture of some folks doing just that from here at the table. Uh, here's a picture of some folks from here at the table during a cleanup that Jerome organized a few years back. Um, because Jerome is somebody who thinks deeply and thinks a lot about caring for creation. How do we steward this land? How do we steward our the earth, our good home that has been given to us? And so he took those ideas and he takes those thoughts and he made it real through action. There's also some very good evidence in scripture for the fact that God wanted very much for humans to use both our minds, our ideas, and our knowledge in order to bring something real, something tangible that we can use and explore with our senses into life out of faith. The text that we're going to read is John 1, verses 1 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and lived among us. That Word, the Word that is used here for the Word, Word, it's a lot of the word, Word. Okay, what I'm saying is the Word for Word in John used here, it means that it is a Word spoken by a living voice that embodies a thought or idea. God came through ideas and thoughts with God's living voice and God created a body that lived and walked and challenged people to think differently and invited people to learn new ways of doing things and sat with people, listened to what was on their minds and shared meals with people and cried when his friend Lazarus died and invited unwanted people to sit at a table with him and lived among us, lived. So the thoughts, the ideas, and the knowledge that God had did not stay abstract, did not exist somewhere up in an imaginary place, but they became real and lived with us and live with us today. It became embodied. Rachel Held Evans, uh, may she rest in peace, she wrote this quote in her book, Searching for Sunday. The quote reads, Christianity isn't meant simply to be believed. It's meant to be lived, shared, eaten, spoken, and enacted in the presence of other people. As faith, Christianity, if it is to have any meaning to us at all, in a world that is increasingly saying it has no meaning at all, it is not meant to be solely a series of creeds and confessions or rote memorization of the scripture. It is meant to be about relationships, to be about embodying the love of Christ, making it real in our lives. It is not already to know the answer, but it is to think, to sense, to experience, and to explore, to find answers about what it might mean to be human, to be neighbor, and to be made as the image of God. See, Jesus rarely taught people, rarely, if ever, taught people by making them memorize anything. 
Jesus really answered people with the information that they wanted to know. To definitively know. In fact, Jesus regularly answered them with questions. In fact, Jesus asked over 300 questions in Scripture, and he only answered three with clear answers. Here's what that visually looks like. So there are 300, over 300 uh, question marks on the left side of this board. It is a huge blob. And then on the other side, there are these three little question marks. And those are the only questions that Jesus ever gave clear answers to. And the other side is the amount of questions that Jesus regularly asked people to try to get them to think deeply and push them to think for themselves. And usually after Jesus asked these questions, Jesus often followed up these questions by encouraging people, by telling people, commanding them to go out into the world. To try it for themselves, to go out into the world, to the places where people were, to go fish, to go travel out, to go walk, to speak, to gather with people. Jesus wanted people to find their own understanding by experiencing and tasting, by seeing and listening, by talking, and not simply learning from a book, learning from a scroll, learning from Jesus' exact answer. Here at the table, and especially in our kids' rooms, we invite our community to do something similar, to reflect and to live out how their faith matters in their world and in our lives. And so here, uh, here's an activity that we did recently downstairs. This picture is, it's a big uh, picture of a fish. And in the middle, we did some fish uh, scales. They're circles where kids wrote, kids pre-K through second grade wrote, how Jesus shows love to us today. So the kids were asked, how does Jesus show love to us today? How does Jesus show you love in your life? And uh, one kid wrote this, pack my lunch every day. And I don't know if they mean that they pack their lunch every day with with a parent uh, or that they feel God's love when they open their packed lunch from a parent every day, or uh, my personal favorite third interpretation, that they think Jesus is literally packing their lunch every uh, day and that a packed lunch is an act of God. But what this points us to is that one of the kids in our community is learning about God through this very small, everyday, simple act of their parent. Think about that. If you are packing lunch for your kid, I cannot guarantee you this was your kid, but it's possible, parents, that your kid learns about God every time you pack their lunch. Not when you read them Bible stories, not when they come to church and sit in their little rooms and learn Bible stories, not when they practice communion, not when they sing songs about Jesus, but it is when you pack their lunch. But this kid, is learning deeply of the love of God when you pack their lunch. I'm not saying that packed lunches are way better than school lunches. I'm not saying that everyone needs to go out and pack their kids' lunch. But what I'm asking is, what if God is more about the packed lunches, the barbecues, soccer game, sidelines, hospital visits, warm meals, picnics, holding hands, 
protests, mutual aid, uh, playing with friends, spending time together in backyards, going to someone's birthday party, showing up for your friends in their moments of needs, helping your neighbors, making new friends, reaching out to old friends, you know, sharing your toys, playing late night drives and art, you know, making art, going to trivia, going to that karaoke night, golfing, hiking, conversations with one another, or having some spirited debate. What if it is about that and less about studying or memorizing in order to be able to give some sort of definitive knowing or to say that you definitively believe or to defend your beliefs from somebody else? What if it is more about those moments you're having where you are learning about God in the presence of others and you are showing the love of God, making it real also in the presence of others instead of just knowing something definitive you could say about the Christian faith? So what is it today what idea do you have? What thing do you think deeply about that you can breathe life into, that you can make real, that will help you and others make radical and divine love real in our world? And the good news is that you can do this. You can embody this. You can make the radical love of Jesus real in the world, even if you're not sure that right now you identify as Christian. Even if you're not sure where you're at with God, even if you're afraid and disillusioned, you do not have to declare and definitively know anything to make love real in the world. Amen.